Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local City Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope. That this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. You can get the paper notes out that we give you, or you can tap your phone again to the disc in front of you and click where it says Sunday Message Notes. We are stepping into a collection of talks called Back to Life. And I love, one of my favorite verses in Scripture is John 10.10, where Jesus says, the thief comes. There's an enemy in our life, just so you know this. It's called the thief, called the enemy, called Satan, whatever you want to call him, he wants to destroy you. That's what Jesus says. He says, the thief comes to kill and steal and destroy your life. Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life to the full. So over this next month, we're gonna talk about how you get back to the full life that Jesus has for you. Would you one last time bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we focus in on the word of God. God, we love you. We give you our best attention today. We open our hearts as we listen and lean in. God, I pray for those of us in this room. You would speak to us clearly today. I pray for all of our kids in local city kids today that Jesus, you would wrap them up in your arms. Let them know how much you love them, that even at a young age, they can know that their best friend is Jesus and they can fall in love with you today. Bless our kids team over there. And God, we're just so thankful that we get to be in church. And God, we do pray this every now and then, that we need your favor today in our beautiful city of Tampa, that the Bucks would win and make the playoffs. In Jesus' name we all say, let's go, amen, everybody, amen, come on. If that offends you or anything, that's okay, it's good. I just you know, want us to let God know I am praying for the things that matter, right? The title of today's message, if you're here with us or watching online, the title of today's message is Day One. Everybody say, Day One, Day One. Turn to the person next to you, give them an elbow and say, Day One. Elbow the other person too and say, hey, Day One to you too, right? I don't know you, I don't know your name, but Day One to you too as well. Now, what I love about this title is it reminds us of the opportunity that we have every single new year. I'm gonna give you some blanks to write down today, but I would encourage you to fill out your note card with all sorts of things that God speaks to you today, but the notes are there to give you a little outline, a little roadmap on where we're going. Here's the first thing I want you to write down, is that every new year, we have the choice of one day or day one. Now, what does this statement mean? It means that every new year, you have the choice of still saying, you know, one day I'll do this. One day I hope to achieve this. One day I hope to see this in my life. Or you can stop making the excuse of one day and you can make the intentional statement of today is day one. Day one of me making this choice. Day one of me putting my life in this direction. Here's the thing about this statement day one. It's a decision. And here's something to think about. Your decisions always determine your direction, and your direction always determines your destination. Nobody ever wound up where they wanted to go or achieved their goal or really what we're talking about today, getting closer to God and seeing the full life that Jesus offers by accident. You don't just wake up and be like, whoa, how'd I get here? This past, uh, every, uh, every week after Christmas, every year for the week after Christmas, our family, we've done it the last two years, we're gonna do it every year, we love it. We drive about seven or eight hours 
up to uh, Blue Ridge, Georgia. We get a cabin out there, and it's beautiful. And here's some pictures of the last two years that we've done. Here's my beautiful family last year and my beautiful family now on the right. I put it in black and white so we look better. Um, (laughs) Because what I've noticed is that, man, life is moving really fast. Like, I look at that picture from last year, and I'm like, yo, look how weird Teddy looked when he was just a few months old, right? Like, he was a little tiny baby, kind of silly, and now he's, like, super cute. Look at those curls. Look how long his hair is, that beautiful smile. He's crazy, but we love him. And then even how much even my five-year-old shepherd now aged. And I look at my face, and I'm like, man, having two kids really aged me, too, in this last year. And what I, every single new year, I, I really reflect on the idea of, man, my life is moving by so fast, And how many times have I said, you know, one day I'll do this, or one day I'll finally give that to God, or one day I'll finally step into that new faith approach of my life, and I've got to realize, man, my life is moving way too fast for me to not make intentional decisions about where I'm going and what I'm doing. And really, I think the gift for us today is that I love a new year. In the Bible, it says this, that God promises us that my my mercies are new every morning. What does that mean? Well, mercy is this beautiful concept where God, when we ask for forgiveness, God doesn't hold things against us. He brings mercy to us. We deserved one thing, and God gave us something else. That's the beautiful story of Jesus and salvation and what we do during communion. But what I love about that phrase is that it says, my mercies are new not every week, not every year. My mercies are new every morning. So what does that mean? As bad as my Saturday may have been yesterday, I woke up with new mercies and new forgiveness today when the sun came up. That God does not hold my yesterday against me. Listen, maybe 2023 was rough. (laughs) Like maybe it was a hard one. Maybe you did some things or you like totally blinked and the year was gone and you felt like you didn't do anything. Maybe it was a rough year with you and God. Maybe it was a rough year in your relationship, in your marriage, in your family. Guess what? Today, Sunday, January 7th, God's mercies are new in this new morning. If you're thankful for that, come on, let's give a little amen to Jesus today. One day or day one, I'm encouraging you to today make the decision that today is gonna be day one. That's why we're starting these 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm seeking God. I'm giving him my life more than I ever have before. I love this verse in Galatians 2.20. It says this, that my life, my old self, I love that phrase, circle that if, if you will for me, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. Oh, what a great statement. But Jesus Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I want you to know today that the reason the Apostle Paul says this is because he had a crazy past. He was a messed up dude, all right? He killed Christians. He was trying to destroy the church, and then Jesus got a hold of his life and said, yo, bro, stop doing that. I don't want you to do that anymore. I have something new for you. And in a moment, his life changed. And what he says is that he's reminding himself, because what's going on in the church at this time is there's this constant pressure of doing and earning the acceptance and love of God of following the rules. Now listen, God has things and a way of life that we should follow. We're gonna talk about that this year a lot more because culture continues to tell us do whatever you want and God's like, no, that's gonna mess you up. Do what I'm telling you, I wanna help you. And so what it means is my old self, my old way of living has been crucified with Christ. What does that mean for us today, local city? That we need to make that day one decision of breaking from our past. I don't know what your past defines you as or your past labels you as, but can you today decide to live in the identity that God calls you to? 
which it says later on in Galatians that you are called to live free, not as a slave anymore to your earthly desires and the darkness of this world, but to live free because of the name of Jesus who now lives in you. My old self has been crucified. Then it says, it's no longer I who live. That's the day one decision. Day one of no longer is life about me. It's about Jesus living in me and through me. You know why that's so freeing for me? Because there's been a lot of times in my life where I was my own worst enemy. Anybody agree? Not about me being my own worst enemy, but about you being your own worst enemy. All right, I know I'm transparent here, but come on, let's go. About sometimes I just, I'm a jerk to myself in my mind. I continue to let myself down over and over again. I want to do one thing. Paul even says this later on in scripture. He says, why do I keep doing the things that I hate? I want to do these things, but I keep doing the things I hate. It's because I am my own worst enemy. And I think your day one decision today is 2024 is not going to be about me. Not about my ambitions and my goals. It's going to be about the day one of realizing this is a conscious decision. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by what? Trusting in the Son of God who didn't do anything for me. No, it's not what it says. It says who loved me and gave himself for me. And listen, this is a process. I wish I could tell you, yo, local city, say this verse, and overnight, woo, your life is going to be great. You're going to feel like God's right there with you every step of the way. Let's go. But I would be doing you a disservice. Because <laughs> guess what? Life is hard. Right? Amen. If you think that today, maybe life's difficult is hard. So we went to this cabin that we stayed at up in Georgia. It was right on a river. And I told Shepard that, my five-year-old, leading up to that. And he said, Daddy, can we go fishing? I said, sure, like, let's go. And so we went up there, and I went to Walmart and grabbed, like, a $15 rod and reel because I have no idea what I'm doing. I've only caught a fish three times in my life, and every time I've caught one, it's begun because the guy that I went with baited the hook for me, casted the, the hook out into the water, and I just stood there and held the thing and reeled it. I was like, oh, look at me, but I didn't really do anything. I just stood there. That's a message for later on, right? Like, God's just handing you, never mind. Um, but anyway, Shepard's like, can we go fishing? I said, yes, of course. And so I get, I didn't even get any bait or anything. I just got like this little like fluffy hook thing that I saw in Walmart. If you're a fisherman, don't judge me. I'll go with you and hang out, but I'm not gonna be like, you're gonna have to teach me everything. I don't like bait in the hook either because the little like fish bait things are gross. I don't wanna touch them. Um, uh, you know, I went with my friend with time. He's like, just reach in. And like, bro, I'm really nervous. They're gonna like bite me or do something. Like, can you do it? 30-year-old man, can you do it? Um, but anyway, I, I throw the reel out and I reel it in once. Don't catch anything. I give it to Shepard. He tries it, reels it in once. We do that two more times. And he goes, daddy, why aren't we catching anything? And I'm like, Shepard, number one, I don't think there's any fish in there because it's freezing out. And I think we got, had to wake up a lot earlier. But there's professional fishermen who do this for hours on a time and they don't catch anything. He's like, ah, I don't wanna do it anymore. I'm like, okay, I get it. But this whole process, is about being patient. So when we did it the next day, I just fished out there, didn't catch anything, and he just threw rocks in the water. And he had a great time. But here's the thing. You have to realize that it's not just gonna be, hey, day one, woohoo, yes, caught something right away. You gotta be willing to make the decision to do the longevity approach and journey. And knowing that the foundation of this is realizing that Jesus lives in you and that when you seek God, you'll find him. When you seek him with all your heart. The 21 days are about seeking God with all your heart. This, let me tell you, the Christian life following Jesus only works if you go all in. You can't have that dip a toe in approach. Oh, that feels nice, getting my little bit of Sunday touch. You gotta go all in. You have to jump in. You gotta cannonball into the living water that is Jesus. 
And if you're never willing to go on the journey or take the process, I'm, I'm, I gotta be honest with you, you might never see any difference. But here's what I will tell you, something I definitely understand, and write this down with me this morning, is that nothing changes if nothing changes. If you don't do anything different, you're gonna be exactly where you're at when 2025 starts. I'm like, all oh, the year just went by, Pastor Ryan, what happened? I'm like, well, did you still have kind of a casual approach to being in church or not? Oh, you know, I'm busy. Well, I know, but nothing changes if nothing changes. What, how's your morning look? Are you spending time with God? Are you spending time in your word praying? Oh, you know, I, I gotta get up early. I'm real busy, got a new promotion at work. I understand, but nothing changes if nothing changes. If you don't change anything, you're gonna be the exact same. If I get in my car and drive straight and never turn left or right, I'm just going straight. I may hit stuff. I may never get where I'm supposed to go. Today is a day about day one of change. Maybe you feel like this little drawing that I found. You just feel like you're banging against the brick wall of your life. You're kicking it. You're punching it. You're slapping it. You're banging on it with two hands. You're like falling down asking the wall to please move or you're groveling before it of like, why me, God, please move this wall. The thing is, no matter what you do, it's not changing, it's, not, it's still there. What I want you to know today is maybe you have a brick wall in your life, who knows what it is. Maybe it is your relationship with God, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your family, maybe it's your job, whatever it is, you feel like you're banging on this wall and it will not go down. Well, nothing changes if nothing changes. If you to keep trying to bang on that wall on your own, you will be banging there until your hands are bleeding and you are completely defeated. But what I love about God is that he offers us help. Imagine if, if in this picture, you look to the peripheral and you see, oh, there's a guy over there with just a big old TNT box, like from, you know, Roadrunner and Coyote, just ready to push that thing down. And all, all of that requires is me, from not, from, for me letting go of control of banging on this wall and being in my own comfort, my own control, and saying, hey, you know what, uh, I really need your help. Can you just, like, blow this thing away <laughs> for me? I see you got that TNT box. You just push that thing. I've seen the cartoons. Acme, let's go. Can you just blow it out of the way so I can keep going? And boom, he'll do it. And in an instant, you can begin to step into that next level of life that God has for you. But the problem is so many times in my life, I've been more comfortable just banging on the wall and being in my own comfort and control when in an instant I could simply surrender and trust God and say, you know what, today's day one of me going to God first. Today is day one of changing those things so that my life will actually change. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. You following me today, local city, this help at all today? All right. Write this down, this next phrase for me. We say this every year. That 2024 can be your best year yet if it's your best year spiritually. I can just promise you that. What I'm not gonna tell you is that it's gonna be you know, your most prosperous year in terms of money or relationships or your job. I can't promise you that. But I can promise you, I, I've even debated changing this statement from this can be your best year ever to this could be your most blessed year. Because guess what? You can be really blessed going through difficult times. You can be really blessed going through a hard year because what do those things do? They bring you closer to God. What's the ultimate goal in my life? Draw as close as I can to God before I see him again in heaven one day. And that's made possible through the power of Jesus. And for some of us, we've been on this journey a long time and we've gotten to this place and we just feel like we are not growing. It's probably because we're not willing to change anything spiritually. It's probably because there's a deep down thing we know we need to do, but we're not doing it. I have a friend that I work out with here at the church. He was singing up here. His name's Seneca. You know him. If you don't know him, go meet him after service. He's awesome. But here's the thing that he always tells me. Ryan, you can go to the gym as much as you want, but you will never outwork a bad diet. 
See, there he is. Like, like you, can, you can go to the gym as much as you want, but you will never outwork a bad diet. Some of us, we're here in church, we're serving, it's awesome, but our Monday through Saturday diet is terrible. And you cannot outwork it. You've got to get rid of those empty calories that are maybe empty friendships and relationships. You got rid of, you got rid of that, you got to get rid of that junk food that is the distractions of social media and running after our own desires and pride and our own way of doing life. You got to get rid of that stuff. Because then you will see when you're working through the things of God and you have a good diet spiritually, breakthrough happens. Here's what it says in Ephesians 4 it says, Since you've heard about Jesus, you're hearing about Jesus today. And I've learned the truth that comes from him. Circle these two words. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. It doesn't just stop there. So many times the church messages, hey, stop doing that. But they never give you the next step. There's an instead right here. I love a good instead or therefore in the Bible. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes because my life always moves in the direction of my strongest thoughts. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Can I encourage you today for this to be day one of throwing off your old sinful nature? If you were a jerk in 2023, don't be a jerk in 2024. I mean, it's like pretty simple. If you did life your own way in 2023, do life God's way in 2024 and see what happens. See what happens. But this is a daily thing. The reason these 21 days are so important, it's because we're letting the Spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes. We're soaking in the thing that can actually begin to brainwash us in a good way to the things of God, the mind of Christ. The Scripture also says, don't think about these negative things anymore, but fix your eyes on the things of God. So how do we do this? Well, we got to renew our nature. we got to build our life spiritually. And I believe if I can condense it down to two things... I'm gonna quickly give you those two things today, all right? So how do we do this? First is, we seek God first and foremost. I added the little and foremost because I think we can kind of get numb to the statement, seek God first. Like, yeah, first, that's great. But I need to seek him first and foremost. What does that mean? Not only is he first, but I realize he is the most important thing in my life, and if I try to live this life without him, I will die, I will be weak, I will be defeated. Imagine me coming to you tomorrow and saying, man, it's going to be my best year ever. I've decided to stop breathing. You'd be like, what? Like, the pastor's crazy, man. I'm not going back to that church. But sometimes we say, this could be my best year ever. I've decided to stop involving God in my life. Today's going to be my best year ever. I've decided to stop listening to the authority of God in my life. Today is going to be the best year ever. I've decided to not go to church as much anymore or serve and give. I think, I would argue with you, that's the same kind of statement because I need these things. I was created to seek God. I was created to have him the most important thing in my life. I gotta be honest with you. Again, being transparent, I have some like little OCD tendencies uh, that drive my wife crazy. Like if something pops into my mind, I have to do it or I can't do anything else. Like sometimes in our, in, in our house, like I'll think of something and she's asked me to do one chore or get her something from the kitchen. I'm like, well, I just thought about doing this. Like I gotta put batteries in this thing or I gotta go check the mail. And I like go do it. She's like, why aren't you doing the thing that I asked you? Like, because I, I, I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't operate unless I did the thing that popped into my mind, right? One of the things that, I, that happens to me sometimes 
uh, and it's actually an argument with our kids right now, is the process of brushing teeth, right? Like, you ever accidentally le- rush out of the house and forget to brush your teeth? Like, I, I, I'm sorry, I've done it sometimes, sorry. I'm lo- again, I'm trying to be vulnerable on this early day, this early year, right? But I, like, I have, like, sometimes rushed, I'm like, oh, I totally forgot, getting the kids ready. Like, and the day stops until I brush my teeth, right? Like I'm pulling in the gas station or the dollar store or Walgreens and I'm brushing teeth in the car with the water bottle. Like I'm not doing anything else because gross, right? And like with our five-year-old, like we try to say, hey, we need to brush your teeth, buddy. No, I don't want to brush my teeth. Like the, you think we were like pulling his teeth. We're just asking to brush him. We keep getting him nice, cool toothbrushes as well. But here's the thing. I would argue and I would really encourage you to let the same approach to be seeking God first be the same thing in your life as brushing your teeth. Like when you leave the house, you're like, why do I feel a little off in my mind? Why do I feel a little disjointed spiritually and emotionally? Oh, it's because I haven't spent time with God today. What did Jesus do? How did he show us this? Mark 1.35 says this. Before daybreak, morning prayer, 6.30 a.m. at the local city HQ. Just throw that out there. Um, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. You know how sometimes I read this verse? Or maybe I don't read it this way, but I live this way. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up if he felt like it and went out to where he wanted, because it was easy, to an isolated place to pray. No, it condenses it down to choices. Day one, he got up, it was early, before daybreak, and he went out to an isolated place to pray. I would encourage you, just, I mean, just let me challenge you, let me double dog dare you. Come out to Wednesday prayer this Wednesday, if you're able to, or cancel your plans and come. I'm just gonna say that a lot. And just come out, get up, go to an isolated place and pray and see what God does. We've had people come to these morning prayers and be like, yo, I've never p- prayed for more than five minutes and you're asking me to pray for an hour? What? Well, we help you do it. But you know what happens at the end from 6.30 to 7.30? And come for however long as you can. They say, wow, that was awesome. No one's ever come like, oh, man, that was a lot. Because they are seeking God. What does the scripture tell us? Seek God first and all these other things will be added to you. God wants to give you things. But here's, here's what I really want to challenge you with and write this down, is that no breakthrough will come from an optional or occasional approach. Breakthrough comes from being intentionally intentional. That's my word for 2024, intentional. Like a lot of times I've felt like in our, in our spiritual journey, we've said, you know, I just want things to happen organically, you know? And I'm like, you're gonna be standing there doing this for a long time and nothing's ever going to happen because that's not how God set it up. God did not set us up to grow spiritually organically. He set us up to grow intentionally. I'm doing this and I'm making these choices and this is day one of letting Jesus live in me and through me. I'm gonna be intentionally intentional about it. So as we begin to finish up, let me give you some understanding about the 21 days, all right? So the 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're starting tonight, worship night. But here's some things I wanna invite you to do for these 21 days. Number one, get the devotional and spend time in it every day. It's just a couple pages of reflection and verses and prayer. It's literally scripted out for you. But here's a practice I want you to build. And that's what we call local city the first 15. That the first 15 minutes of every day are God's. Here's how it works. Five minutes of worship, five minutes of reading the Bible, and five minutes of personal prayer. Do that every day this week, and I promise you God will speak to you and you'll feel closer to him. I just gotta promise you that. You can download the Bible app for what, and just use the verse of the day. You can go to our website, localcity.church slash 21 days to get personal prayers. We're giving you everything that you need to do this. You just have to be intentionally intentional about making the choice. Because here's what happens. Again, it doesn't just happen overnight, but if you do it 
consistently over a long period of time, here's what can happen. I did this little math, all right? I had to get the calculator out, do some math. But here's what can happen in your life. If you do the first 15 every day this week, that's 105 more minutes this week that you've spent with God. I feel like that's going to help. If you do it for these 21 days, that's 315 more minutes that you've spent with God that otherwise you wouldn't have if you tried to do it organically. For this year, it's 5,475 more minutes. I don't know about you, but at the end of the year, if I just lean into 5,000 more minutes with God, I think I'm going to be a little bit healthier than I was last year in my relationship with him. And listen, this is not a checkbox. It's a starting point. I always share the story of a friend of mine, really close friend of mine that comes to church here. Started coming a few years ago, started doing the first 15. About three or four months in, he called me and said, hey, Pastor Ryan, I've been doing the first 15. Love it. Um, am I allowed to do a little more? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man. Do as much as you want. Like, jump all in. It's just a starting point. This is a starting point, church. Do it. So first 15. Second thing is fasting. Now, I'm going to take, I'm going to explain this quickly, but I hope you grab a hold of it. Fasting is the motivation of our fasting is to draw closer to the heart of God. So what is fasting? Stop doing something and replacing it with God, replacing it with more time with God, replacing it with a focus of seeking him first and foremost. So I would encourage you all to step into what we call some sort of food fast. Don't hear me say fast food, 21 days, just Taco Bell sounds good. No, food fast, all right? And here's what these look like. You could do what we call this, what I'm gonna do, a Daniel fast. It's a biblically-based fast. You can find details on everything that you can eat and follow this for 21 days at localcity.church slash 21 days. I just want you to pray about this today. Come to worship night, think about it, step into one of these. A partial fast, which is where you abstain from specific kinds of food like coffee or sweets. You deprive yourself of something natural so you can experience the supernatural power of God. Or you eat during a specific time. Maybe you fast breakfast and lunch and you only do dinner and during your breakfast and lunch time you spend it with God. Or I don't, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm not gonna call these a fast because they're not a fast. Scripture is very intent by saying that fast is when it's about food. But if you wanna abstain from something, which is another spiritual blessing, you can do a TV or social media abstention, which is where you're not on social media. You're deleting Instagram and Facebook and really abstaining from that and realizing that, man, I don't really need that stuff. I need to be focused on God through these things. So do something. I would encourage you. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I am going to tell you to do something. And today, at some point during the message as we begin to close, pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to do? All right, running out of time, so let's finish. Number two. So first one, seek God first and foremost. Second thing, spend consistent time in God's house. Remember how I told you that breakthrough will never come from an optional or occasional approach? God wants to speak through you and in you and do some great things in your life through the power of God's church. And it only happens when you spend consistent time in God's house. If our approach to church is when I'm free occasionally or you know it's optional, then I promise you God will never bring the amount of miraculous breakthrough in your life that, you, that he wants for you because you're not doing the thing that he asked us to do. Jesus gave his life for the church. He says that the gates of hell will not overcome the power of God's church. That's why I can stand here confidently and say, Psalm 8410, a single day here is better than a thousand elsewhere. And I would rather be a gatekeeper, be a servant in the house of my God, than this is very important, than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. Listen, local city, you can have a good life, a good natural life outside these doors. 
but you can never have a blessed, supernatural calling of the full life that Jesus has for you with an occasional and optional approach to being in his house. We gotta spend consistent time here because it's what Jesus gave his life for. Write this last thing down for me, and then we're gonna watch a quick testimony that I really love. It says, inconsistency kills intimacy, but consistency brings us close. I would encourage you, give us a year of attending, serving, and giving. At the end of the year, I promise you, your life will look different and you will feel intentionally closer to God. And if you're not, come tell me and we'll go find another church together because clearly we're not doing it right here. But I believe we are. That's why my wife and I have given our life to this. And when you do give your life, you'll see the blessing. Listen to this testimony as we close and the band can come up during this video. If I'm honest, I never really liked the church. I didn't even really like Christians that much. I used to think of it like a package deal. Like you get Jesus and so you get the church and Christians thrown. It's just part of the package. And uh, there are some bits you like Jesus, some bits you don't like so much, just like the church and Christians um, used to find that a bit annoying. But I'd turn up the church and go through it. But I didn't really enjoy going to church. And then one day uh, I was at the back of our church in East London and someone said to me, oh, we need help to run the coffee team. And I was like, I was like working like 70, 80 hour week. I'm like, what? And they were like, yeah, we, Steve, we really need your help running the coffee team on a Sunday. And I was thinking, I'm a barrister, I'm not a barista. Like I've got a job, I don't need another job to run the coffee team. But I just, you know, sometimes you, you just can't even think of what to say. So I was like, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, okay. And, and I instantly thought, why did I do that? So I turned up next week. Like, you know, trying to get the cups and everything, get the coffee right. As I handed these cups to people, something really changed in me. I found myself, as I handed coffee to these people, growing in love for them. I was like, these people are amazing. Like, this is this extraordinarily diverse community. It's been gathered from across the area, probably not another place that looks as diverse and integrated as this. This is a miracle. And then I, even people I found a little bit more frustrating and complicated, as I handed them their coffee, I kind of grew in love with them. And I kind of basically fell in love with the church. And then I kind of went back to the person who'd asked me to do it. I said, we need a new coffee machine. We need better beans. We need better mugs. Like, we, come on, these are amazing people. I want this to be the best coffee that they get. You know, they, they're coming to church on a Sunday morning. I got more and more passionate. I started to build a team to serve coffee on a Sunday morning. I sometimes say, making coffee changed my life because I fell in love with the Church of Jesus Christ. I didn't realize why it was special. I didn't realize why it mattered. And as I made coffee for people, I suddenly realized, oh, the church is like the bride of Jesus Christ. It's like the thing he gave himself for. Like the church is God's plan for the salvation of the world. There's no plan B, and God is gonna build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So like, God is putting all his eggs in the church basket. And I realized over those few weeks, there's a beautiful thing here. Yes, it messes up. Yes, it makes mistakes. You'll never find a perfect church, but it's a beautiful thing. And I thought, that's what I want to spend my life building. Come on, if you appreciate that testimony, come on, let's give God some praise today. Why don't you stand to your feet as we close? And we're going to close here in just a minute. But I have watched that testimony like no joke like every day this week. And it's reminded me of what we do, that God has put all his eggs in the basket of the church, that Jesus gave his life for the church. 
I wish I had his accent because I feel like, man, I, you guys would listen so much closer if I go, I love the church, right? Like, whatever. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I love his heart behind it. And I love that he says, making coffee changed my life. And I feel like so much of, so many of our reasons we keep saying one day is because we think we have nothing to offer. I want to tell you, you have something to offer. You have a smile. You have hands. You have the ability to serve. And our city needs the church that serves those who come in. Another statement I love that he says, where else does this happen? Where does such a diverse and different stage of life group come together and receive the joy of the Lord and lift up the name of Jesus and be empowered by the freshness of the Holy Spirit? It only happens here. So I gotta tell you, you will never find the full life of Jesus outside of this place. And if you're waiting on God to do something in your life, I wanna tell you, God has moved in your life when he sent his son, Jesus. Three things that God should never have to wait on from his people is worship, serving, and giving. What do we do on Sundays? What do we do at the church? We worship God. People serve him. Our worship team is serving you right now. People made coffee for you. They're serving you by giving you a break from your kids for a little while so you can have a moment of church. People are serving you. And someone generously gave to make this happen. I want to encourage you to stop waiting on God to do these three things and just give us a year and do them. Make Sundays a priority. I'll be out in the lobby today. If you want to start serving, you want to make some coffee, you want to welcome people, you want to help us set up, I'll be out there. I'd love to recruit you today and say it's going to be the best decision you ever made. Guess what? I didn't start by serving up here on the stage. I was stacking chairs in my youth group. I was running the little overhead like projector, not the cool like computer we have now, but like the transparencies. And I'd always get it wrong, upside down, backwards, have to flip it over, right? But I said, I, I just want to be a part of this. That's your heart. Don't wait. Let today be day one. Consistently, consistency builds closeness with God. This is the last statement to write down. If we have consistency in our spiritual life, we'll also have the most important constant in our life, which is God, and he never changes. Would you take that challenge with me? Would you step into the 21 days? Would you give us a year? Would you put all your eggs in the basket of the church and see what God does? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me today? We're gonna close in one minute. Thanks for hanging. I was excited about today to be back, so thanks for hanging a little longer. We're gonna party outside. We got pizza and drinks for everybody. I'd love to, for you to hang out for a few minutes after service. Don't rush out. But what I wanna do right now is just, this is the moment that everything was leading up to. And if you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me, no one moving around. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local City Podcast. I wanna encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.